Well, it is so good to see each of you this morning. I hope you've had a great week. I know some of you are excited because it is spring break time. Woohoo! I know some are excited. Some of you saying it's just another week, but uh, we are glad that you're here. Last Sunday, I spent some time on the importance of us of sharing the gospel and being witnesses for Jesus Christ. This past Wednesday night, Brother Preston did a presentation on an evangelistic uh, uh, emphasis using uh, three circles and using that as a conversation and sharing with people about Jesus Christ. I shared with you last week that close to 90% of our state is lost and doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 90%. That means on any given day, walking or going to the grocery store, going wherever you're going, you're going to encounter someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ. This morning, as we continue to think along those lines, in our world today, and many of us have said how our world is changing, how our world is, is, is different. In the book of Philippians, and if you want to go ahead and turn there, we'll be there in just a moment, but in Philippians chapter 2, we find where Paul is sharing with the Philippians of the importance of how believers need to work out or express their salvation that is in Jesus Christ. I thought about that, and as he was expressing that to them, and then he goes on and basically tells them how to, to do that. But one of the things he mentions in that passage of Scripture that we're going to look at in just a moment is that we need to be a light to this dark world. And, you know, I am, I am fascinated with flashlights and candles and lanterns and all the different things that give off different light. It is amazing today, you go into a store and to see the different types of light fixtures and the different types of lights and the different makeup of the bulbs and some being big, some being small, some being long. And even in the different hues of light, there, there are different descriptions of daylight light and solo light and alto and alto. You know, it's kind of about, about as bad as the different shades of white. But, but all the different hues of light. But then, especially at night here in LaBelle, some nights when the sky is clear, it seems like God has given us a, a show of the stars. And as we watch and we look and we see the beauty that is in the sky. We go sometimes to events at night and we see the lights. And even today people will gather if there is a light show of, of some sort. People will gather to see the, the different lights. I want to remind us this morning as we read this passage of Scripture that we, as a child of God, should allow the light of Jesus Christ to reflect through us. We need to be that shining light in this world today. So look with me in Philippians chapter 2. Go down to verse 14 and I'll begin reading. It says, Do everything without grumbling and arguing. So that you may be blameless and pure, 
children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world. Hold firmly to the message of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. But even if I'm poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. As Paul here is sharing with the church in Philippi, he is sharing with them about their salvation and what they have. And he uses the phrase in the verse before, working out your salvation, realizing what you have. In Jesus Christ, we have so many things, and God has given us so many things. But as we look at that verse, in that verse, he talks about there in verse 14, he says, do everything without grumbling and arguing. One of the first things he talks about is we work out our Christian faith, as we work out our salvation, is that he's talking about our behavior. You know, behavior determines a lot of things. I remember when I was younger and I was in school, and I remember our school teachers, it, when we went on a field trip, they were always very insistent that when we went on a trip, they would share with us that we were representing that school and that our behavior was very important. And they didn't want to get reports that we had put a dim light upon the school because our behavior was not what it should be. In our world today, look at the behavior of our world. The behavior of our world is changing. The behavior of our world is like we can do whatever we want if we want to do it. But God was sharing, or Paul was sharing with the church at Philippi. He said there in verse, verse 13, he said, For if God who is working in you enables you both in desire to work out his good purpose. And then he reminds them, as you work this out, do everything without grumbling and arguing, a child of God. I don't know about you, but I wonder how many people have been discouraged in the faith by seeing grumbling and arguing by Christians. People who'd say, man, if that's Christianity, you take it. I don't want it. And I don't blame them. God says, as we work out our salvation, as we work out our experience, our behavior is very important. You ever go in a grocery store and you're going around the corner and you come across a scene where someone, maybe a child, maybe an adult, is acting out. In other words, their behavior is not the best. Many times you either avoid that aisle and I'll come back and get this later because I just don't want to be a part of that behavior. Or you quickly get by them and move on. I want us to see today that as Paul was sharing with them, our behavior in this world today, we should be different. We should not be consumed. Because when arguing and these things take place, it consumes us and we're no longer allowing our vessel, our being, to be the light Jesus wants us to be. It goes on and talks about how we should be blameless. Or another word, it says, 
we should be without murmuring. Maybe that's a King James word. I, I, I'm not sure. But, but, you know, grumbling, complaining, muttering, all of these. These are things that, that diminish our capability to be what God wants us to be. I want you to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, chapter 10, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. And it says, Nor should we complain as some of them did and were killed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as examples. And they were written as a warning to us on whom the ends of the age have come. Guys, I, I, I want us to see that murmuring and, and, and these, these things, they, they act like currents. They, they act like undercurrents that pull people under. When you have a bunch of Christians arguing and murmuring, what good comes of that? And even their light and their effectiveness of the cross is dim. Undercurrents. This week, a lot of people will be hitting the beaches if the temperatures stay warm in Florida. And for some, it doesn't matter if the temperature stays warm. But one of the things that most of you in this building have learned, that if you go to the beach and there's black flags flying, it's telling you that the undercurrent is strong. It's telling you, don't go in the water. But what do people do? And we hear this every year. People go by and they see the flags and nobody's in the water, but, oh, I can handle that. That undercurrent's not going to affect me. I'm, a, I'm capable of swimming. And every year we hear where someone dies because they would not look or would not heed the call. Undercurrents affect us. And Paul was warning them. He said, don't even get involved in that. Walk away from it. Don't let those things, listen to this, don't let those things suck the glory of God out of you. There are a lot of people who would love to get the murmuring and all that just to suck God's glory out of you. And guys, I don't know about you, but I'd rather experience the glory of God than that sucking noise taking it right out of you. Guys, we need to experience the glory of God. We do not need to let the undercurrents pull us. We need to stop the arguing. We need to be under God's leadership and say, God, we are adults. Show us. And I heed and I listen. And we come to an agreement. But the second thing, as we look at this in, in, in our passage in Philippians, he talked to them about their becoming but coming, look at that in verse 15, so that you may be, so that you may be the type of Christian we're supposed to be. They're becoming. First, he talks about that they would be blameless. Now, are we blameless? You might think, well, yeah. Isn't it interesting it seems like every time someone runs for office, and if they said, I am pro-family, strong in family, we find out six months later they've had an affair with this or that or whatever. 
blameless. Now, are children of God perfect? No. There's no one that is perfect. But what what Paul is, is saying there, guys, don't stand up and say one thing, knowing that you've committed a sin and hadn't confessed it. Guys, it will come out. And what he's saying to them, be blameless in the sense that as you look through your life and you've done something to someone, and you say, man, that was in my early years and I'm not proud of it, then settle it between them and God. Be blameless. Don't hold any hard feelings. Settle it. Be blameless. Let me tell you, when we start doing that, people will say, hey, that person's getting serious. That person is putting it all there, getting it all out, wiping it all clean, and say, now I stand before you. See, as a child of God, we need to stand there blameless, not because of what we've done, but just saying, hey, I'm telling you now, I'm not perfect, and I have failed, and I've said some things I shouldn't, but today I strive to live a blameless life, one that is harmless. Go on to that verse. It says, so that we may be blameless and pure, innocent, that we don't have those mixed motions that are going on, where we are pure and looking to God in the direction that we need to go. In the last few weeks, we have been learning even more about the life of Billy Graham. And even in his memoirs, and even in things that his family has shared, even Billy Graham said there were times when he would talk with the presidents of the United States, and as he talked with more than anyone else has, he even shared some of his regrets. Things that he said, things that he shouldn't have said, things that how he would handle different. Guys, we need to be pure. We need to be innocent. We need to make sure that we don't have no underlying motives. That's why it it talks about so that we might be blameless and pure children of God who are what? Faultless. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, sacrifices were given to God. The requirement of the sacrifice was that that sacrifice had no blemish. No blemish. As a lamb was brought for sacrifice in the Old Testament, it had to be unblemished. But you know, as believers in Jesus Christ, we need to be unblemished as well. Now I know you think, well, you mean, preacher, we've got to be perfect. No. We've got to be willing And to humble ourselves, to move all that mess that we can move ourselves, and to bring ourselves as an offering to God. We need to bring ourselves in in, in such a way as as it continues to say, in that it says, children of God who are faultless, and they, look at that, a crooked and perverted generation. What is that telling us? Even Paul. Some 2,000 years ago, was describing the generation. Guys, has it gotten better? (laughs) Would you describe that we're in a crooked, perverted generation today? Just look around. What is happening is that the darkness is growing, the lights are getting diminished. 
I'm not asking you to shine. I'm asking that as a child of God, we would allow the light of Jesus Christ to shine through us. And the only way Jesus can shine through us is that we're willing to make our vessel open to him. We've got to be a righteous generation. We've, we've got to be where we're saying, Lord... I'm going to get rid of those things I know that I don't even need to have in my life anymore. Lord, I'm, I'm going to get rid of those things. You see, we, we need to be a believing generation. Talks about the perverted generation, and then it says, Among whom you shine like stars in the world. It's amazing, as I said earlier, on a clear night in LaBelle, when we can see the handiwork of God up in the sky. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. In this world today, I believe when a child of God is willing to work in their lives and allow God to work, that they are letting God's light shine in the proper way. To me, that's amazing. And we need more of that. We need to shine. We need to shine as lights. You know, at special occasions, we have something called luminaries. Some of you are familiar with that term. Some of you are going, I don't know what he's talking about. But it's like stars in the sky. Maybe it's sometimes doing a special event. Maybe it's, uh, I know Relay for Life, I think, sometimes uses that along with remembering those that have passed on. But you know, in our world today, we need to see that as children of God, we are being told through Paul the need to shine as lights. When you read through the book of Daniel, and you read about his life, why did Daniel upset him so? Because Daniel was shining in a way that was contrary to what they were used to. They didn't like what he was eating. They didn't like what he was wearing. They didn't like all these things because he was shining the way he knew through his God. And the people, even of that generation, tried and tried to turn out the light. Even tried to make it a law. And it all failed. Guys, in our world today, children of God, we need to see that we need to be shining. And you say, well, why? Because this world is becoming darker and darker, isn't it? It's becoming grayer and grayer. And I know sometimes when a light comes on, it stands out and people look. But guys, I'd rather be a light pointing people to Jesus Christ than just a gray little dim light. We need to shine. We need to see how Daniel was that light. We need to be reminded of the little song that we learned in, in preschool. My little light of mine. Nor did they light a lamp and put it under a, a basket. Or put it on a lamp standing, give light to all who are in the house. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What about our light? Are we allowed, are we allowed, excuse me, are, are we allowing Satan to scare us, to intimidate us, 
that we're taking the light that we have and putting it under the bushel basket? Or are we standing up? You see, sin, now listen to this, sin dims the believer's light. And as we allow sin to grow, it will dim our light. Guys, we've, we've got to deal, do something with the sin. A few years back, my eye doctor said something to me that I really wasn't expecting at that moment and that, that age of my life. He said, Frank, your cataracts are progressing nicely. Now, at that point, I'm still in my 50s, and I thought, that's not even something that I'm thinking about. But he was telling that my cataracts were progressing nicely. I really didn't like that. He said, oh, don't worry about it. You've got years yet. But eventually, you'll have to have cataract surgery. Now, many of you have had that happen. And one of the things that when you have cataract surgery, when you come out, Hopefully, <laughs> when you come out, you see, you see things, what? Clearer. Because the cataracts were slowly dimming your sight. Guys, that's what sin does to us. It, sometimes slowly, sometimes rapidly, dims our sight. And because sometimes it's so slowly that we think, well, that's just the way things are. That's just the way things are. a tragedy in our times that we many times that as a professing Christian we do not live much differently than a non-Christian you see we we're so much worried about fitting in that that we say well we got to live the same type of life well guys there's some things we shouldn't live the same We should be different. And when it comes to the light of Jesus Christ, it needs to shine. You see, the greatest tool Satan uses is professing Christians whose lives deny their profession of faith. Where we just don't use it. We don't shine it. Guys, can you remember maybe one day, one, I'm sorry, one evening... You're driving along, and all of a sudden, your wife makes a scream, curdling, and you think you've either ran over a small child or something, and you pull the car over, and all she's going, look, 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 the moon. (laughs) At that moment, you really wanted to send her to the moon, because she scared you to death, because you thought she hit something, but she wanted to show you the beauty of the moon. Come on, man, I know you've had those thoughts. You know, I just think of Paul sharing with his church. He said, you know, I've run and I've labored. And I've done it because I love the Lord. And he said, I I would do it again, but we are to shine like a star and speak like a man of God. We are to study his word Yeah, Paul had his concerns, but there in in verse 16, he says, Hold firmly, hold, here's my glasses again, hold firmly to the message of life 
then I can boast in the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing. Guys, we are in a race. You just want to run it and say, oh, well, I ran it. Nothing special. Guys, life is special. And in this world today, we, we need to see that, that it is important. It is compared. I mean, it is so important that as a child of God, your light is important. Because you just don't know how God could use that light maybe for one person. Maybe for, for many but it might just be for one. But if your light's not shining, how is that one going to know? You see, we need to be shining lights in this world. And yes, this world is going to get darker. And this world is going to say, man, we don't want any light. Well, of course they don't. But that's what this world needs. Not my light, but the light of Jesus reflecting through me and you. That's what our world needs. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this time this morning and for your word. Lord, you've been so good to us. But Lord, I pray that we would see the importance of us taking the light that you freely gave to us. And that, Lord, we would be willing to allow that to shine through us. Lord, they might be a child. They might be a family. They might be an individual. They might be a teenager. They might be an adult in this dark world that know what to take, what to do next. But maybe with the light that you have shining through us, we could lead them in a conversation about you. Lord, I pray that we would see how important it is today not to cover up our light, not to just mask it and just blend in with the people around us, that we would stand fast and hold <clears throat> your light to a lost and dying world. Lord, show us the importance of being that light. In your son's name, amen.